today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. There are other things going on and other events that we need to be aware of and other, I think, very important issues that need to be addressed. And, and one of them is actually coming up in a couple of days. Uh, and uh, it's it's a, a big event that actually got started back in 2020, and it's called Light It Up for the National Disability Employment Awareness Month, or NDEAM. Uh, the city of Hamilton is partaking, and others are as well. And joining us to talk about the, the process and, and why we're doing this, uh, pleased to welcome to the program Ingrid Mushka, who is the Director for Special Projects and Innovation with the Ontario Disability Employment Network. Ingrid, a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having us and for allowing Odin to um, share our information about this fantastic event. Well, it's a great event, and it's a very worthwhile cause, too, because we need to talk about that. And and, and I know uh, oftentimes the focus when we talk about uh, disability and employment can be access, and, and that's certainly an issue, and it's an ongoing issue. Uh, but I know what this event does in particular is it also focuses on the contribution uh, that disabilities uh, play and, and, and that disabled people are making uh, to the economy and to, and to the business world as well. And we need to talk about that, the, the positive side of this, don't we? Oh, absolutely. You know, there are over 600,000 Canadi- 600, Canadians uh, who have a disability who can and want to work, uh, but their employment rate for this demographic, it's only 59% compared to 86% for Canadians who do not have a disability. So Light It Up for NDM is really bringing awareness to the importance of ensuring that disability-inclusive hiring practices are part of the conversation when businesses start to talk about what diversity, equity, and inclusion means for them. Uh, because, again, you know, people who have a disability can make a contribution to their business and to the, to the business and the communities that they live, work, and are part of. Are we getting any better at this, Ingrid? This is a, a discussion that's been going on for a number of years. Are, are we seeing progress? Somewhat. Uh, this conversation has now gone national. For example, Endeam uh, and Light Up for Endeam has now gone from the provincial event that was uh, started last year to a national event, thanks to the uh, partnerships that we have with the Canadian Association for Support and Employment case and the employment service providers within our networks. So there is a lot more conversation around disability being part of that diversity. But I think that we remain, uh, or that stigmas and attitudes um, still remain as barriers for people who have a disability who want to enter the workforce. And this is why we're having events like Light It Up. We want to shine the light on the contributions that people are making. We want to make sure that businesses are intentional when they're trying to attract talent for the, from the disability community. And we also want to let them know that myths and, um, and stigmas remain that are, are, are not true. Um, you know, the fact that people who have a disability cannot be safe at work, that is not, uh, that is a stigma and a myth. 97% of people who have a disability are very safe at work, or, or the stats show us that um, they're safe at work. Um, also, the business community needs to remember that um, when we survey Canadians, 78% of Canadians say that they would uh, go to a business, they would prefer to shop at a business that has hiring uh, practices that include people who have a disability. So from a consumer perspective, you know, we're missing out on attracting that demographic. 
it's one of those things where you look around at a workplace or even as you mentioned if you're in a store in a commercial enterprise or something like this uh and and you don't hey you know where where are they with you know the d disabled people are a part of the population and and there's a disproportionate lack of them uh, really in the workforce in just about every facet of it isn't there it is. It is. And I think that one of the problems is that there is a disconnect, as you said, in the awareness of employers to understand where they can go and hire the talent. We know that um, surveys, um, for example, a survey by the Canadian Council on Rehabilitation and Work in 2017, um, done to employers that they work with, said that 71% of companies don't hire because they just didn't know the uh, type the talent, the skill level that people who have a disability have. And other uh, data show us that um, when it comes to reaching for new employees, most businesses are now reaching out to employment service providers who are supporting people who have a disability. So there is a large network, particularly here in Hamilton, of employment service providers that can be a resource for businesses to understand how to attract, onboard, support and promote people who have a disability within their businesses. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask about that. You know, we, we focus on the employees, uh, and, and, but certainly the employers have a role to play in this of, of awareness and understanding that there's a, a workforce out there. But for, the, for the, the disabled individual who's seeking employment right now, are they aware that there are pathways and, and programs and, and organizations that can be helpful to them? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, there is, uh, there's, there can also be a disconnect from those job seekers who may be not finding the right supports. And again, I would encourage people to connect with employment service providers. Um, there is an, a number of them here in Hamilton. Of particular, there is a network, the Hamilton Disability Employment Network, um, that can connect a person who has a disability to an employment service provider. Um, you can also connect to the Ontario Disability Employment Network. We do not support job seekers, but we can um, make those connections and facilitate those, um, yeah, those connections. What about what we call hidden disabilities? Let's talk a little bit about that. And you talked about stigma, and that's a, that's a real problem. Uh, there are people that have obvious disabilities. You know, they may they may need assistance. You know, some some transportation assistance, wheelchairs, walkers, things of that nature. Uh, but there are a number of other people that are that are disabled that you look at them and you, you can't tell. I mean, there's a number of things going on uh, right now too, uh, and and they often feel left out. I, I talked to one individual that rather bitter and I shouldn't say bitter but very disappointed and very uh, downhearted about you know employment opportunities and simply say you know they don't understand that I have a disability but I can still work you just have to understand what the disability is so there's an education process that has to happen here isn't there absolutely I'm glad that you brought that up because um, hidden disabilities are, are, are more predominant than those disabilities that you can see and what we how Odin helps businesses understand how to be more inclusive is by providing awareness and confidence training. So by training everybody in your organization to be more inclusive of disabilities, you create a culture where modifications become normal, where accommodations which are as simple as maybe flexibility on how the job gets done are more uh, accepted. And therefore, people who have invisible disabilities don't necessarily need to be uh, disclosing a disability, but just asking employers what they need in order to be successful. 
you know, accommodations, there's a, a large myth around accommodations and modifications to support people who have disabilities in the workforce. They're really not that complicated, and often they will lead to a, a place where the worker and the employer can now adapt processes and procedures that help everybody that facilitate the work and, the, and that ensures that everybody does their, brings their best to work and where productivity increases because you're becoming much more uh, confident on how you can ensure that your workers are doing their work properly. That's a key part of this discussion, I think, uh, about making those accommodations. Uh, and we see it in the education system. I mean, you know, 25, 30 years ago, if you had somebody with a, a, a disability, a physical or a, 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 any kind of a disability, like you say, one of these hidden disabilities, uh, they just suffered. They couldn't go through the system. But the education system has made those accommodations. Uh, you know, you can have somebody scribe for you. You can have, uh, if you have uh, identified as, as somebody with special needs, uh, they'll, you know, there's a different way of approaching it, you know, timelines and, and the work that needs to be done and things of this nature. Uh, is, 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 is the industry, the world and the manufacturing world and the business world making those accommodations as well? For businesses that understand that productivity increases when they hire people who have a disability, yes. So I'll give you a very quick example. Uh, we have worked with a manufacturing facility in Milton that has hired people who are deaf and may have a dual diagnosis of developmental disability. And in that businesses, they understood that this was talent that was needed in order to get their facility working uh, up and running. Uh, and they have made modifications. And some of the modifications are as simple as having more mirrors around the facility to ensure safety and setting up a whiteboard so that people can communicate when they're not able to do so through sign language. Those are the type of accommodations that we're talking about. And I think that you brought a good point in that we are very used to the idea of, uh, of students requiring accommodations in order to access um, their educational needs. We kind of need to normalize the idea that accommodations in the workplace are, are just a continuation of that person's uh, requirements to be successful and that in by a business uh, understanding how easily they can accommodate they also now have an employee who is um, uh, motivated dependable and reliable because that employment match has been made um, successful through understanding of what disability is and is not and understanding how to support the employee as well as how the business can be supported with community employment service providers who are an extension of their human resources. Um, and on that point, Ingrid, this, there's no better time than right now to, to have that discussion uh, because businesses all over the world right now have had to make accommodations because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, we're working differently. We're working in different places. We're working under different time frames. All the sorts of accommodations that, that would be very helpful uh, to incorporate uh, people with disabilities into the workforce right now. Uh, we've already developed that flexibility. Some had to be dragged kicking and screaming into it, but they've done it. Uh, so the, the, the foundation is already there now, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Flexibility on how the work gets done was one of the key um, asks, if you want to call it that, that the disability community had in the past for accessing the workforce. So, you know, we can't really have a post-pandemic economy recovery without businesses understanding that in order for them to operate fully, they need to engage the disability community. As I said before, you know, a large portion, 600,000 uh, who have a disability 
of Canadians who have a disability want to work. They're just still finding barriers to employment. And a large portion of those people, uh, almost 50%, have gone to post-secondary education, received diplomas, trades, and are still not doing any better than if they just have given up uh, after high school. So there is a talent out there that is ready, that is um, skilled, and um, we can certainly help employers understand how they can be more disability confident. Well, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks now about, uh, about you know, employment shortages. And, and, you know, it's very difficult for many businesses now to find workers as they come out of the pandemic. Uh, this is a workforce that they need to tap into and be aware of. So this is an ideal time for this, which is one of the reasons why, of course, you're doing Light It Up. And uh, let, let's talk a little bit about what's actually going to be happening. What does Light It Up mean? How is it going to actually look in the days ahead? So on the night of October 21st, Thursday, tomorrow, uh, buildings, bridges, municipal signs, and many other structures across Canada, maybe in your neighborhood, will be lighting up in the colors purple and blue. And like I said, that's, you know, to raise awareness about the many ways in which the disability uh, community is making a contribution. Here in Hamilton, um, we are having the Hamilton sign light up outside of City Hall. We have a couple of buildings that are lighting up uh, across uh, our, our downtown. Uh, and we are also, I know that the Hamilton Disability Employment uh, Network is setting up um, an event just behind City Hall. Why purple and blue? Is there a significance to those colors? Uh, well, one, uh, the, the, the idea of purple being something that brings awareness and brings um, mostly a, a color that belongs to our logo, um, being Odin, but also because there is an associated, um, I don't, <laughs> use something on that one. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, from the perspective of royal blue, but not necessarily. Uh, I, I'm just an inquisitive guy, and I just wondered, yeah. you know, the different colors, because lots of organizations, you know, will adopt, uh, you know, programs, and they, they they develop a color scheme for that, and you know, we've seen that happen uh, with so many other things over the last little while, mental health, mental health illnesses, and, and things of this nature, mental health awareness days, and things of that. Now, you mentioned a couple of the buildings are going to be uh, lit up. Uh, I, I guess if somebody wants to join in, uh, the more the merrier. The more the merrier, yeah. Uh, you know, you can, uh, if you're a business that's looking to engage the disability community, be intentional. You know, this is what we always say. And so this is a great opportunity for businesses to understand um, how they can uh, be more inclusive. Um, visit the Odin Network, O-D-E-N, uh, O-D-E network.com website to find out more about Light It Up. Um, and you can also be lighting up your buildings uh, of, of business so that you can bring awareness to the fact that you want to be intentional in attracting the disability community as not only consumers, but also employees who would uh, help your business progress. I, I know you and your staff have been working so very hard on this. It must be really gratifying to see this go national, though. It, it it is a very big thing uh, for Odin, and um, you know the the fact that this has been a collaboration among uh, organizations. I think that's been really rewarding, and to see all the different uh, organizations and and cities that are coming across, we're over a hundred by now, and with close to three hundred structures that are lining up. So you're right; it is very rewarding. 
It's a monumental enterprise. I know that. And when you go national, all of a sudden, it's, it's it's a lot more work. I get that. And a lot more work has to go into, into the, the planning for this, too. But it can be gratifying because this is really all about spreading awareness, isn't it? It is about spreading awareness. But I also, you know, if I can make a point, is that it's also to, a call for action. A call for action for all of those uh, cities, for all those businesses to really be intentional and to see where they can be hiring themselves. Um, because they are promoting an inclusive hiring culture, uh, and to, to, to challenge businesses in their communities to say, so what are we doing to ensure that we are not leaving disability out when we are talking about diversity and, and inclusion and equity? Well, and that's, I guess, the message, the big takeaway here is, uh, you know, if you explore this as a, as a business and you look into this and decide, yes, you know, I think we're going to make a commitment to this. We're going to see uh, if we can find people that are going to be benefit. It doesn't just help the individual that you hire. It helps the whole business. Uh, these these are talented, uh, skilled people that have a lot to offer right now, and, and we need to to incorporate them into Every business I've talked to now is, is concerned about their economic recovery and how they want to get back on their feet and not just survive, but prosper. Uh, they need to tap into this. There's a lot of willing, very talented people there that may have some disabilities that can still contribute in a big way to those companies. We are, yeah, we're not aware of the diversity within disability, and we're not aware of the talent and the skills uh, that are in the disability community. And so we can certainly help with that. Great work that you're doing. Uh, we w- look for it on Thursday, of course. If you see purple buildings lit up, including Hamilton City Hall, of course, and the Hamilton sign, uh, you know what it's all about. And uh, be a part of it. And, and as uh, Ingrid just reminded us, this is not just about awareness. This is a call to action. Do something about this. And uh, you are the ones, as you, and your business will be, who will benefit from this. Uh, Ingrid, thank you so much for the great work that you're doing in this. And thanks for spending a little time with us today. I really appreciate it. Bill, a pleasure. And thank you for providing us an opportunity to spread the message. You betcha. Take care and good luck on Thursday. Thank you. Ingrid Mushka, who is the Director of Special Projects and Innovation with the Ontario Disability Employment Network. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.